the misfits. Three people who got thrown into the supernatural world of the Order and everything that surrounds it forcefully. They were normal humans beforehand. They became bounty hunters and actually resent the Order for who they are. Casino's Kitchen Crisis. My name is Logan Thomas. I'm a hybrid, but not a natural one. I was born the way anybody is, really. I used to be an ordinary human, with an ordinary life, ordinary people, with ordinary dreams, ordinary friends. Then one day I went on a university trip and our bus got into an accident. We fell off a cliff. And I died. It was a big drop, and I felt my soul leave my body, but I also felt it being dragged back in. I had woken up in a lab with three scientists leaning over me. They wore black cloaks and horrific skull masks. They scientifically altered my body with a demon called the Gengoro Demons, a cultish race of demons who worship somewhat of a king resembling King Arthur, kind of his mirror from the human side. He was the demon one, but he also wielded a sword called the X-Reaper, the complete demonic version and opposite to the Excalibur. My body was moulded and alternated with the DNA of the Gungoro demons, and now I had patches of skin that was wrinkly and grey, and my eyes changed from a bright blue to a dull grey. Also, I was the sole wielder of the X-Reaper. It was a black blade, with one side all smooth like any ordinary broadsword. The other side was all rigged and cracked and chipped. The cross guard was shiny and silver, and the handle was made of a dark oak wood, and on the handle were three numbers engraved in it with a bright blue flame. The numbers read 003. And you get more souls, I muttered to myself. The X-Reaper had the ability to collect souls and absorb them. I had the ability to spend the souls, sacrifice them, and gain access to the sword's hidden abilities. But to sacrifice the souls, I to access their abilities, I had to absorb souls. But there was one limitation to this. Only the souls released by the sword could be absorbed by the sword. So that meant I had to kill more things if I wanted to use the sword's powers. I stood there in the casino in Los Angeles. I was on a mission. Since the scientific modifications, I had joined a bounty hunter group owned by one of the biggest underground supernatural crime bosses, Richard Bass, and I made money by killing targets given to us. I stood there on the second floor to the casino watching all the winnings and losings down below by mere mortals. I saw a man walk in and he looked around as he heard someone scream. A blade popped out of his uh, gauntlet he retracted it when he realised it was just someone screaming about winning. He was clearly part of the Order. Some sort of law and order type of group with supernaturals. Then I started to panic and wonder. The man then got knocked out unconscious and was dragged away by two beefy gentlemen. So much for bringing order, huh? I mocked quietly to myself as my heart rate decreased to a normal steady pace. 
We found our target. He's working in the kitchen. A voice came from behind me. I turned around to see Dante Securis, my teammate, another scientifically modified, like myself, on the same bus that fell off the cliff. Took you long enough. I snarled. I walked away from my post and stormed past Dante. Hey, we gotta wait for Sophia. Dante barked at me. I can kill this thing without you two getting in my way. I sighed. Then I walked away, leaving Dante behind. I walked into the corridor that led to the back rooms. I took a deep breath and looked at the two bodyguards stood in front of the kitchen door. Hey, fellas. Strange looking demon, all white skin, breathes like a horrific blue flame, looks like a skinny humanoid naked shark. I asked. Both the brutes started advancing towards me, both clicking their knuckles. Then one pulled out an army knife, whilst the other slid on a pair of knuckle dusters over his knuckles. I drew the X-Reaper off my back and gripped it tightly. Then I ran towards them. Within a second, I was between them. I swung my sword, which sliced the arm off one of the brutes before me. Then one of the knuckle dusters swung his fist, punched me right in the stomach, knocking the wind out of me. Then he swung his other fist and smacked the blood out of my mouth. Then he picked me up with his strength and threw me across the hallway. I crashed on the floor. Hard. I stood slowly, realising that I dropped the X-Reaper. It was on the floor, now behind the two thugs. Suddenly, the one with the knife, and now one arm, swung his small blade at me. I jumped back, making some distance. Then, before it could swing again, a black and silver serpent came slithering past me with great speed and bit into one of the brutes. Purple veins rippled through his entire body. His body then went stiff like a statue, and he dropped to the floor. I turned around to see Sophia. Stood there with the shade stone that was embedded in her chest, glowing black and purple. The snake must have been from the shade uh, stone, and was from the shade dimension. The stone in her chest was the only thing that could gain access to that dimension. A key, so to speak. Sophia was the own, also on the bus the day, and was also modified. She was genetically altered to be the host of the shade stone. It needed a living source of energy, using a mass amount of electricity. World War II Nazi scientists rigged it to an electrical current to try and summon the beasts. Sophia had tribal tattoos all over her body, keeping the stone in her chest from taking her soul. I rolled my eyes around. I did not need you saving me, I snapped. Didn't look like it to me, Sophia moaned. We both turned our attention to the second bodyguard, who found him trying to wake up his buddy. I would give up if I was you. Slytherin's venom lasts about 24 hours, Sophia grinned devilishly. The guard stood up and ran at us. With a scream, then the, a beast jumped over us, landed in front, and caught the man's fist and slashed the man across the throat with his huge claws. The werewolf, or lichen, then raised its foot and booted the man across the hallway. He landed with a thud, dead. The lichen shifted back into a na- half-naked Dante. Dude, come on, man. Dante growled at me with a smirk. God, what is wrong with you two? Both of you seem moody as hell. I snapped at them. Whatever, let's go and kill this thing quickly. Dante sighed at me. I walked over and treated my sword and walked past the snake who had curled up and was waiting for a command. I walked up to the double doors and with a quick kick the doors swung open. Brought to you by Onion Direct. We give you the super glue a lip balm. Not for yourself, don't be a jerk and put it on yourself, give it to someone else. This lip balm is for the grandmother who talks about masturbation too much, your wife who keeps on gossiping, and that co-worker who just always seems to have a question. Give it to them. They'll get shiny lips, of course, that's what lip balm does, but with the added efficiency of the super glue, they won't. 
ever talk again. That is right, we promise no talking. Shiny lips, and of course, warning, do not put it on yourself. Give it to others with the fantastic price of $9.99 and a 9. Brought to you by Onion Direct. I walked into the empty kitchen. The smell of blood now filled the room. I scanned the room and found nothing. I then walked through the large kitchen and found the door to the walk-in freezer had been opened ajar. I grabbed hold of it and pulled it open, and I walked into a scent of blood-infested room. But it wasn't animal blood. It was human. I walked deep into the freezer and tightened my grip on the sword. Then I saw the ghoulish, hunched-over, lanky, wrinkly, shark-like demon eating what was left of a human wooden woman blood seeped into its mouth. Yo, ugly, I called out. The creature turned around and saw me, and dropped the bits of flesh in its hands and screeched at me. So let me guess, you disguised as a cook to kill the trainee chefs. Clever, real clever. But you started then hanging around and got comfortable, didn't you? And then you needed money because you were pretending to be human. So you started playing poker with the big leaves in the underground mobs and made yourself a debt. One of those big guys happens to be my boss. I grinned at the demon. It screeched at me again, then lunged at me. I swung my sword, slicing the demon's skinny, wrinkled stomach. It called out in pain as the blade burnt it. I then swung my sword again and sliced one of its long, pointy fingers off. It dropped to the floor, and it howled in pain once more. Then it swung at me with its other hand, and I deflected the attack. Then kicked the demon back. Then I took a deep breath. Oh man, I gotta do this quickly. I sighed. I drew my two fingers across my blade. Sacrifice! Breath of the blue dragon of the moon realm. Encase my sword, I demanded. The number on my the handle disappeared, and the number 002 took its place. I sacrificed one of the souls to encase my blade in a bright blue flame. My sword ignited. Then I swung the blade at the demon and stabbed it. The blue blade burnt through the demon with ease, and my sword went into the demon like it was butter. The demon wriggled in pain as the inner organs began to heat up. I could see the blue light burning through its skin. The body went limp as the demon died on my fiery blade. I pulled the sword out and the flames diminished. I clipped the sword back onto my back and walked away from the demon corpse. I stopped and sighed once more. I then pulled out my phone and took a picture of the body for evidence. I also picked up the finger off the floor and placed it in my pocket. I walked out of the walk-in freezer and then left the kitchen, Sophia and Dante stood there waiting for me. Oh yeah, thanks for the help by the way, I said sarcastically. You just complained about us helping you? And then you want our help? Pick one or the other, dude, Sophia barked back. I rolled my eyes at her, then we all walked out of the casino. As we walked out onto the street, we clocked several people running down the street. One was a guy I saw getting knocked out before, and this time he was with a few people. Ugh, the smell of Nephilim is rank, Dante whined. I turned to him confused. What did you say? I asked him. One of those things is an angel, trust me. I've got the smelling abilities of like dozen supernatural creatures. And it trusts me, it's so potent, it's disgusting, Dante replied. Interesting, I muttered. Can we please go now, Sophia Bart? The three of us headed back to the bus. We walked into their, his office and found Richard Bass sat at his big desk smoking his cigar. Ah, my favourite bounty hunters, Richard called out in glee. 
I pulled out the demon finger and chucked over the desk. That slimy little get-goer he deserved. <laughs> well done, people, well done. Richard chilled. He then pulled out some money from a drawer. Three big stacks of cash. He then handed one to Sophia, chopped one at Dante, and passed one to me. You guys were quick, and I like it quick. Gonna have to hire you guys again real soon, but in the meantime, I've got three friends who need assistance. Some old chums are being targeted. Need some help. I was thinking, maybe you guys can go off, help each one of them at the same time, get yourselves a pretty penny, and then I would have them nagging in my ear all the time. Richard explained. I looked at Sophia, who looked scared. We weren't really friends. Well, I don't think we were. We were just three people brought together by unlucky turn of events. We were outcasts, branded that way, because they were made normally and we were classed as made different. I guess you could say we were forced into being some form of makeshift family or something. I looked at the scared Sophia. We had been together since we escaped the laboratory. Now, go get some rest. You'll leave tomorrow. I'll have instructions sent to you. Richard told us. We all left the office and headed for our apartment block. We all lived next door to each other on the ground level of a set of apartments. Why didn't you tell Richard about the Nephilim? I asked Dante as we walked up to the apartment block. I didn't think I was telling him. Dante responded. I understood where he was coming from, so I nodded in agreement. We all said our farewells, and each one of us walked into our respective apartments. I had a quick shower, jumped into bed, and I crashed hard, and I slept through the night. This podcast is a production of the Three Ranger Bros Studios, in association with Zio to Hero, the podcast. Hello, everybody. by your host, me, Ty Tiger. And there you have it, guys. Chapter 1 of The Misfits. Once again, I would like to say that this is taking place in The Order, a set of books written and read to you by Cosmo Dude 67 himself, and I cannot stress enough how amazing it is that I get to write a story in someone else's world. And again, this is a cooperative agreement, and we are clabbing on this as we go. Now, I would like to say that there is Tiger Tales, a place where you can find more stories and fan fictions written and read to you by me, but from a third-person perspective, and there's lots more stories there. So make sure you subscribe to both channels. Go check out Cosplay Do, uh, Storytime with Cosplay Do 67, where he's uploading The Order, Book 1, The Chosen One, in separate chapters, and they are absolutely amazing. Me and Cosplay Dude make up two of the three Ranger Bros, the third one being Mark the Red Corner Stranger with his podcast, Nursery Comics, so maybe you should go check that out as well. We are in association with Zero to Hero, the book has got a podcasting return every week with some bumbling tomfoolery between 19th nostalgia to Parangers to Gundam to aliens abducting Texans and everything random in between, so maybe you should go check them out as well. That being said, thank you all for watching and listening. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go check out the Storytime with Cosplay Do 67 podcast because you can also listen to that there as well. That being said, I shall see you guys real soon.